the Rangers are coming off a hard-fought series loss against the Mets, one of the best teams in baseball. They absolutely hung with them, but it wasn't quite enough. What are some positives to take away from this, and what do we learn about this Mets team and this Rangers team? A crossover episode between Locked On Rangers and Locked On Mets is here for today. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On the Texas Rangers and Locked On to the New York Mets. I'm Bryce Paddock, host of the Locked On Rangers podcast. Joining me today is Ryan Finkelstein. Finkelstein? Finkelstein? Stein, you're good. There we go. Ryan Finkelstein, host of the Locked On Mets podcast. The the big, big dog in the Locked On network this year. Coming off a great offseason, a great regular season, and a series win against a uh, very, very good Rangers team. Don't let anyone else tell you differently. How you okay. doing today, Ryan? Doing good, man. Doing good. Yeah, it's, it's a lot easier to be the big dog in the network when your team is is just having a great season. So every single series it's in with the Mets, find a way to win in uh, another uh, series at the office, I guess, against the Rangers this weekend. Yeah, if only I'd started this podcast in 2010 when the Rangers were actually good. Maybe I would have had a chance at that title. But, uh, yeah, definitely started at the beginning of a rebuild. A smart move on my part. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's fine. The Rangers rebuild is – they are one of those teams that just does not like rebuilding. People kind of forget because it's been, like, what, three years or four years, however long it's actually been since the Rangers were in the playoffs. But the Rangers were one of the best teams in baseball for, like, a seven-, eight-year stretch. And – you get you get bad, and people forget that you were ever good. And I know, as a Mets fan, you know something about that. But the Mets, the Mets are good again, and they showed it this series. This is a hard-fought series win and a competitive, competitive series. Um, the Rangers do come out if you're if you're scoring as aggregate runs. The Rangers do win the series by literally oh, yeah. one run. Um, <laughs> Which, you know, I got to take those where I can get them. The Rangers had a series in the Bronx where they came out um, tied on, like, run differential against the Yankees in three games, which still makes absolutely no sense to me. Um, but this, these are the two biggest teams that had the biggest offseason. Let's get into this series, starting with the Friday game. The Rangers lost this one 3-4. to four. Um, Glenn Otto was his Glenn Otto self. The Rangers have a big hole in the back end of their rotation. Otto was... Before he came back from this COVID stint on the IL, he was really, really solid. I still think long-term he's a reliever. He was the, like, what, fourth or fifth guy in the Joey Gallo trade. But he's provided some some solid work for the Rangers in, with two gaping holes in the back of the rotation, one of which is going to be filled with Spencer Howard on Tuesday. But what did you see from this one? This is a big game from David Peterson, um, a close hard-fought game, and we are talking beforehand. And it seems like this Mets team is just always dynamite with runners in scoring position. Yeah, they are. And, and and to me, the big thing actually was getting some home run juice in that game. And Eduardo Escobar had the big home run that really made the difference and had a huge weekend for the Mets. So this is a guy that, you know, they signed this offseason. We're going to talk a little bit about these two offseasons. But he was one of those signings, and they brought him in to be that maybe second, third home run bat to Pete Alonso and Francisco Lindor. And he's really, really struggled this year. At one point, he said, look, Mets fans, I know it's been rough. I'm trying my best. I'm going to give you something to cheer about. This weekend, he gave them a lot to cheer about, homering in each game. Uh, So that was really big. And, yeah, David Peterson has been uh, a pretty shocking uh, revelation for the Mets this year. He was good in 2020, not good last year. 
been kind of forced into the rotation because of injuries. And he's been really solid in a double-digit strikeout performance. That's not necessarily what you expect from a ground ball pitcher, but his slider has really turned into this great out pitch for him. Uh, he's able to rack up a lot of Ks against that Rangers offense on Friday night. Yeah, uh, he really made Cole Calhoun look silly going 0 for 4 with yeah. four strikeouts. Uh, but the Rangers, the Rangers, the one thing offensively they've done really, really well this year is hit home runs. But they're always solo home runs. Every single one, it feels like every single time it's a solo shot or it's Adoles Garcia hitting a three-run bomb. Like that's those are your two options for home runs. It's either a solo shot by anybody not named Adoles Garcia or a three-run shot by him. But Marcus Simeon had his ninth of the year, a solo shot. Nathaniel Lowe had his eleventh of the year, and. The rest of his offense couldn't get much going, didn't walk at all in this one. Six hits, and that was pretty much it. I mean, were you expecting? what were you expecting from this Rangers team coming into this series? Well, first of all, I honestly expect a little more offense against Glenn Otto, to be, to be completely frank with you. I was like, here we go. Here's a Glenn Otto. I've never heard of this guy. Look at the stats. I'm like, okay, I mean, this looks like the type of guy the Mets can pile some runs on. So I was a little surprised uh, by that first game. But but overall, I go into most series now, and I kind of expect to see the Mets find a way. And and this was a this is a lot closer than I maybe you know kind of gave gave credit going into the series. You know, the Saturday's game, obviously, we could talk about Rangers really, um, you know, had their way with the Mets, and and the other two wins were were close. It, it could have gone either way. Obviously, the Mets just got some good pitching out of their bullpen, were able to hold on to those leads. Yeah, is this Mets bullpen, is it been, I know in the past the Mets have had some real issues with bullpen arms, even some of the guys who are still on the roster who seem to have bounced back, but is that a strength of this Mets team this year? Yeah, they've been good more than they haven't been. I think every team, you know, you're going to have times where bullpens are going to blow games, and I think fan bases, like what fan base actually loves their bullpen? I think the Astros probably have the best bullpen in baseball, and I bet you there's Astros fans that hate their bullpen because on a Wednesday night they actually gave up a couple of runs and they lose a game because of it. So I think the Mets have been good more often than not. Edwin Diaz has been, I mean, absolutely lights out. He actually did look a little bit rocky, uh, you know, today on Sunday, but found a way to get the save. So they've had some pretty solid performances. They've had some guys that have been bad, but uh, I think overall, if you really just look at what they've done this year, it hasn't been um, a huge issue, although it's definitely an issue they're going to have to address at the deadline. Yeah, I mean, Diaz definitely had some some struggles in walking guys and giving up a couple of hits in the end of this Sunday game. But then the final batter of the game, first pitch is freaking 100 miles an hour down and in, right at the knees, called strike. And it's like, well, I mean, he could still do that, even if he's and struggling. He can still I do, do want to say, that's, that's been the difference for him this year, is that he's gotten ahead a lot more. And when Edwin Diaz gets you 0-1, I mean – Good luck because he can just throw three, four sliders, and eventually you're going to chase some of them. Uh, that, that's basically been the recipe this year. He'll, he'll get that first pitch strike, and then he just goes out, out of the zone and guys get themselves out. Yeah, uh, I can definitely see why he's been extremely, extremely dangerous. Coming up, we're going to get into this Saturday win for the Rangers, a close uh, close game on the Sunday game, and then a little bit more later on in the show. We're going to talk about who had the best offseason. But first, this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. For the people who invented healthy and tasty comes the latest gift for your taste buds. You probably tried the amazing coconut brownie chunk built bar, but guess what? Your friends at Built have given coconut brownie chunk puffs the treatment. That's right, coconut brownie chunk, the flavor you love, deliciously chewy marshmallow covered in 100% chocolate. Have you tried this flavor? Is this is this one of your favorites, Ryan? I'm gonna be completely honest. I love everything Built has to offer. Coconut, not my cup of tea, so I have yet to try that one. 
I tried I tried it once and I I'm also not a coconut guy, but this was absolutely delicious. It was great stuff. All these built bars made with collagen protein, your body absorbs it more naturally, provides a ton of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and it's good for you. The best part about built bar puffs is they taste amazing, but you can enjoy them guilt-free because they are particularly good for you. They are the perfect treat for you, whatever you're craving to satisfy your sweet tooth or if you need a quick, healthy snack, they're an excellent source of protein. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Now, let's look at this Saturday game, the best game of the series, in my completely unbiased opinion. <laughs> a great showing by Martin Perez to get the Rangers. He has been the Rangers' ace this year, coming back. The prodigal son returns home and is having a career year in his 11th season at the big league level. Um, honestly, he's been the best offseason signing for either of these two teams. I mean, a, a one-year, $4 million deal. Granted, I wish it was yeah. like... I wish they gave him the John Gray treatment, but with, with how well Gray has done in the month of June, I'm like, all right, I don't regret that nearly as much as I did about a month before. But he was absolutely solid, gave up a very, very... Uh, Rare home run does not give up a lot of home run. I think this was his third this season, and he went the first, I think, two months maybe of the season without giving up a single home run. He's been absolutely nails, and he gave up those two runs, but the Rangers got him back. They got four in the second inning, and that was all they needed. He shut them down the rest of the way, did allow one more run in the fourth inning, but went nearly six innings, struck out four, um, actually gave up two home runs in this one, which is the first time he's done that this year. Um, that one other run was a solo shot by uh, Escobar, who, like you said, was absolutely on one this weekend. The Rangers got a pair of home runs from Cole Calhoun, who had been in a really, really rough way. He had an abysmal start to the season, was one of the hottest hitters in baseball for a three-week stretch in May, fell back down that hole in June, and I'm hoping July he can kind of, I don't know, just be okay. You don't have to be, like, you know, red hot or ice cold, but that's been this Rangers offense. Everyone's either been, like, completely red hot or ice cold um but the rangers again kept getting their solo home runs jonah heim had his 11th of the season lily Tavares, um in his second at bat after pinch hitting had his second home run of the season off of former ranger great tommy hunter a guy who i did not realize was still in the league absolutely love that guy was with the rangers back in 2012 i believe was the last time he was with them was in the chris davis trade to baltimore Still breaks my heart that he was included in that deal. Yeah, 2010, actually. No, 2011. There we go. 2011 was the last time that he pitched for the Rangers. But how has he done for the Mets? And I cannot believe that he is still in the league, actually. Well, first of all, I don't even remember Chris Davis being a Ranger. We're talking about, so he was traded from the Rangers to Baltimore? Yeah. Yeah, he was wow. a Texas kid. Yeah, no, there was a big, big uh, to-do about Rangers first baseman in that 2010-ish range. There were like three, four guys that were all supposed to be the next guy, there was Justin Smoke, who was the big, big mm. prospect. They traded him away in the Cliff Lee deal. Uh, Chris Davis, I believe he's from Longview, which is in East Texas, just like two, three hours away from Dallas. And he was the pinnacle quad A player. Absolutely crush oh, yeah. it. Absolutely crush it in AAA. Get to the big league level, couldn't do much of anything. Um, so the Rangers basically had to sell him for cents on the dollar. I believe for like Koji Wahar, I don't even remember who the trade was for. Um but he ended up thriving for a little while in Baltimore and uh, earning a bunch of money, which good yeah. for him. But Tommy Hunter was, I believe, part of that deal or in a subsequent deal in 2011 to Baltimore. But what has he done for this Mets team? I haven't seen him at all in so years, he, it feels like. 
Yeah, so, uh, you know, Tommy Hunter has been really good. Uh, he was with the Mets last year as well, did not give up a run. Uh, also got a hit and is only at bat, which was an awesome moment. And then he got hurt, I believe, because of that hit. Had a really bad back injury. Thought his career was going to be over. Um, and just resurfaced uh, probably a couple weeks ago now. And he's been solid in the Mets bullpen since. I don't think he's a guy they necessarily trust in, in high leverage spots, but certainly someone that uh, can go out and give you two winnings and, and be pretty solid for them. So I think he'll probably be in the bullpen for, I think, the remainder of the year. It seems like he's kind of carved a little niche for himself. So uh, and he's also, like you mentioned, I mean, a fan favorite for you 10 years ago, the same as has stood true. I mean, Mets fans really gravitated toward him quickly. Yeah, uh, I love me my my Bama boys. Got to got to wrap all of them, especially the few Bama uh, Rangers. There's there's not all that many of them. There's another relief prospect who was drafted out, uh, out of Alabama that I'm like keeping an eye on. I'm like, all right, I need him to get up to the majors. Sure give me some more. Need some more Bama in me. But uh, the Rangers offense was cooking in this one. Dennis Santana comes in, shuts the door, gets the final out of the seventh inning and the eighth inning, and Joe Barlow comes in and would have been a save. The Rangers hadn't put a little bit more offense now, on the Now, Bryce, I, I don't want to take the wind out of your sail too much because that was a great win for you guys. But I do want to just mention, because there's going to be my Mets listeners that, that want to hear it, Trevor Williams, not great in that game. Uh, he, he's been kind of a swing man for the Mets. Fantastic to hop in the rotation right now because you have uh, Chris Bassett uh, on the IL randomly at one point this week. It's kind of Wasn't a surprise. He, I think he was supposed to start in, in this he, game. Friday, yeah. Kind of, yeah, okay. I haven't seen yet. It could have been COVID. I don't know. There's no injury designation, so that makes you wonder if that's what it is. But uh, that's why Trevor Williams started, and he's been much better coming out of the pen than out of the rotation. The Mets are getting Max Scherzer back on Tuesday. Um, I believe on Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday. Uh, and uh, that will push Williams back out of the rotation, which will certainly help the Mets. But I did have to mention that. You know, you didn't necessarily get that win against the the, the great A rotation option. Hey, I'll take I'll take it. Whatever I can get. Ace versus the like number Chris. seven man in the rotation. I will take any win that I can get. I mean, Rangers lost 102 games last year. It was rough, yeah. man. Every single win is is a, a nice highlight. In, and then, for me. then again, though, Glenn Otto started on Friday night. So <laughs> who am I? Who am I to talk about Trevor Williams when Glenn Otto started? To be fair, he's been the fourth best Rangers starter this year, and that really says something about the state of, of their rotation. But uh, yeah, Spencer Howard, who was the main piece uh, in in the, actually pretty much one of the only pieces. There, there's one guy who I think is in high A or something who I can't remember his name, who's a, a pitching prospect that was also in that Kyle Gibson deal. But Spencer Howard has been the main guy, and he struggled mightily this year, went back down to AAA. Phillies couldn't figure out if he was a starter or reliever. Yeah. So they gave him to Texas. Texas tried him as a starter, had some issues last year, but showed a little bit of promise this year. Just stuck with like two pitches and ended up being just one pitch and kept getting homered against, striking out everybody, but also giving up like a home run per inning. And uh, now he's started to trust that he has more than one pitch, which really helps a pitcher if you got more than yeah, one. I think um, so. <laughs> trusting like three of them had, uh, I believe, seven innings and like 10 strikeouts in his last start at AAA um, and just one run. and went at least five innings every single start in June. So he is getting a spot in the Rangers rotation. So they will not have to be going to a bullpen game every fifth day. Thank God, because they are one in, I believe, six in bullpen games this year. They had to do a lot of them, and it hasn't really worked out super well for the Rangers. So, Not a good um, strategy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm very glad the Rangers got some luck when they were facing – or when, when in the in the Mets rotation they were facing them because uh, not facing Scherzer or DeGrom is always a good thing, no matter who you are. 
Exactly, exactly. And also having having your ace go against Trevor Williams, that, that lined up pretty perfectly for you guys as well there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Rangers are, uh, before this game, I believe they were 19-10 and 10 in games started by Martin Perez and John Gray, and they got both those guys in the series. I'm like, all right, well, you got a chance. Even if you got Glenn Otto going in game one, you kind of punt that one away. But the Rangers still made that one pretty competitive. He did at least go four innings. He did allow four runs. But the rest of the Rangers bullpen was able to come up clutch. And a bullpen that's been much, much improved from last year and some real surprise candidates, including Brock Burt. Coming up, we're going to look at this final game and have the great debate, who won the offseason. But first, I think I think Ryan's going to tell us a little bit about, about this betting company called Bet Online. I don't know if you've oh, ever man. heard of it. You put me on the spot here, man. I didn't tell Bet you I was going to do that. But, you did not tell you know, me you are going to do that, man. That's and, all right. And, you know, and, I'll tell you a little bit about Bet Online because Ryan, Ryan knows some things, too. You know, BetOnline.net <laughs> is your number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. If you wanted to bet on the Rangers winning this series, you could have done that probably. Um, you could have bet on, I don't know, Martin Perez winning the Cy Young. I don't know what the odds are on that right now. You could bet on the Mets, not Metsing, who uh, I have to apologize to them because I picked them to finish, I think, third in the division. Wow. Because because they are the Mets. I've been burned before. I think I picked them in 2021. That's fair. um, You could bet on the Rangers to make the playoffs if you're feeling really spicy. they got all kinds of your sports betting needs. Go check out the website um, or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. It's bet online where the game starts. Now, let's look at this Sunday game. A close-fought loss for the Rangers. Again, their only run comes from a solo shot from Jonah Heim, who leads all American League catchers, actually I believe all catchers in Major League Baseball, with 12 home runs. I I think that might be all-star worthy. What, What about... I'm just... I'm just throwing it out there. What what do you think? Is that an all-star worthy player? It could be. It could be for sure. He's got some competition, right? Because because you got uh, Alejandro, Alejandro Kirk. Kirk. Yep. He's going to start, I'd imagine. And you got uh, surprisingly Trevino. I think it's the other uh, finalist, but he's having yep. a good year at the Yankees. So he's got some competition, but I think he's definitely in the conversation. Yeah, I mean, but the last seven games, he has absolutely turned it on. He's got three home runs in his last seven games, hitting 360, and slugging 720 in his last seven games. Um, he's got five home runs in his last 15, and is slugging over 600 there. He's got an OPS over 800 on the season. I did not see this coming after <laughs> last year. Like, last year, his numbers were abysmal, absolutely abysmal. Had an OPS of, like, uh, an on-base of 239, slugging 358. He did have 10 home runs in 82 games. But, like... His numbers were way worse than he looked at the plate. If you watched him, you're like, this guy's not lost out there. Like, he shouldn't be, his numbers shouldn't be this bad. And then this year, just like complete 180, like one of the best offensive catchers in baseball. His framing has always been great. His arm, eh, not so much. Rangers have had some issues keeping uh, opponents from running wild on them. But he's one of the best framers in baseball and one of the best offensive catchers. Um, and he had his 12th home run of the season, a career high for him in this one, hoping that he can you know, make the All-Star team. But if he doesn't, uh, if Jose Trevino does, then I'm, I'm going to be okay with that. There was, I don't know if you saw in the New York Post about Isaiah Kainer-Falefa saying that the Rangers shafted Jose Trevino. I don't know if he was trying to talk about himself for Jose Rangers did not shaft Jose Trevino. They did shaft IKF. They absolutely did. Um, but he should have said that about himself. And I would have been like, yeah, yeah, you're kind of right. Yeah, yeah. you kind of got hosed on that Fair. one. But um, anyway, John Gray was solid in this one. But a weird inning. The second you DM me to kind of set this up, <laughs> everything started to go off the rails. And the Rangers looked like they might have their own weird inning after that. But a dropped third strike. Um, maybe it was a wild pitch. They, they ruled it. But... 
Um, I can't even remember who it was that uh, that, that struck out. And it then P- so it was, it was Pete Alonso. Yeah, I, I, I actually think the message I, I sent it pretty much as that that pitch came in, and then you see Pete Alonso <laughs> chuck it towards first and the throw. It was a bad throw there by by Heim. I mean, if he would have thrown it outside, uh, it would have been an out. But he throws it inside. First baseman doesn't want to get killed because you got Pete Alonso. <laughs> barreling down the line. And I don't know if you – did you ever remember that video in spring training? It was Josh Reddick playing first base for the Astros. And I, I look it up after we record. It, it, it'll get you to laugh where Pete Alonso's running down the line and there's a collision at first and Pete doesn't even flinch, brick wall, and Reddick got hit by an absolute truck and went <laughs> collapsed into the floor. So good move by uh, the first baseman there. But – yeah, but then uh, you know Pete got the second base. Jeff McNeil drove him in with a hit, and then uh, once again, Eduardo Escobar hit the home run. And after all of that, Bryce was still kind enough to do this crossover today. So <laughs> thank you for still sticking to the schedule here. I, I thought about just just hopping out, be like, no, no, I'm out. I'm too mad. <laughs> but the Rangers had their own weird inning right after that um, with weird first base defense. Pete Alonso tried to. I can't remember who it was that. Did this and it happened like three seconds ago. But there was this ball that was hit like right down the first base line, and Pete Alonso jumps for it and tries to barehand it, and his glove just flies off. I think it was Brad Miller actually. Um, I want to say, but it might not have been. I don't even remember who it was. It doesn't matter. Pete Alonso jumped for a ball, and his glove just fell off, and it was absolutely yeah. wild and weird moment. It might have been Josh Smith, but anyway, um, that's uh, that's that's the Pete Alonso experience, man. He he gives you actually surprisingly good defense at first base, but he he always plays like like just like a reckless like kid playing little league. Just just he he's just kind of wild the, the way he runs the bases, the way he plays defense. Uh, you know, the only thing smooth about Pete Alonso is his swing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got a very very sweet swing. And um, do you think he's gonna enter the the home run derby again? He, oh yeah. He's perfectly built. He just went every home run. He game. loves it. He, he loves it. He, it w- what he did say is if he wasn't an all-star, he wasn't going to go to the event. But I think it's pretty clear at this point he's <laughs> yeah. going to make it. I mean, Goldschmidt's going to start, but Pete's yeah. going to be the, the backup first baseman with the season he's had. And I think mm-hmm. at this point, if you get anything uh, <laughs> of, of positive odds over at Bet Online when it comes to Pete Alonso winning the home run derby, I think you're kind of foolish not to throw some money on that. Yeah, I mean, with what he's done, he is just perfectly built for it. But, um, yeah, this was a, a close loss for the Rangers. Um, nice to see Jose Leclerc look like himself back out there. He missed two seasons with different injuries, and he looked really, really nasty in his two innings of work. But that's enough about this stupid series that the Rangers lost and uh, made me frustrated. But I want to get into who won the offseason. Let's let's go down the list and, and name who actually is new on this match team. can't remember... I didn't pay a lot of attention to the Mets um, as they were falling apart last year. More out of mercy and a train wreck that I didn't want to look at and um, put more eyes on. But who all is new? I know, obviously, Scherzer. Obviously, you have uh, Marte is new. But who else is new on this Mets team from last year? So they made three kind of consecutive signings uh, early on in that first you know, push of free agency before the lockout. Mm-hmm. It was Mark Hanna. Eduardo Escobar and Starling Marte. That was the first group that they brought in. I think what they've brought the Mets this year is just veteran experience. Uh, you know, particularly Ken and Marte have been really solid in the outfield defensively, offensively, just giving them good at bats. Escobar, as we talked about, you know, struggled for a while 
starting to turn the corner, but I think he's such a big clubhouse presence that they've been pretty happy with the signing regardless of the results. And then, yeah, Scherzer was the big move. Chris Bassett trading for him uh, was, the, was the big move post-lockout that they made. Uh, other than that, they brought in Adam Adovino on like a one-year, $4 million deal. Um, and then other moves like, you know, they picked up Nick Plummer, who was a top prospect for the Cardinals that was out there. And he's kind of contributed a little bit, but ended up back in AAA. I think that's about it. What do we have on the Rangers side? There was obviously the $500 million that I think uh, <laughs> stole all the headlines with Seager and Simeon. But uh, yeah. what else did they, they pull this offseason? Those were the those were the two big moves, them and John Gray and Cole Calhoun. Those were the big moves that all happened within like two days, right before everything shut down. They literally had the introductory press conference like twelve hours or so before, like they couldn't even speak to him <laughs> yeah. anymore, uh, which was huge. Uh, I we all knew they talked a lot about like getting one big name. We're gonna get somebody. We're gonna get somebody. And I was like, you haven't spent big in since like the Shinsu Chu contract in like 2013 or whatever. Like it's been a while since they handed out a big contract, but give them credit. They did it. They got him. And getting Simeon was the key to getting Seager because Seager wasn't going to go somewhere where it would just be him. And so John Gray was the ideal guy that I wanted. Martin Perez, I thought they got him after the lockout. And I thought, sure, fine. Need some depth, whatever. He's been an absolute revelation. They also got guys that have not, been as great as they thought they would be in Brad Miller. He's just been like fine. I expected a little bit more from him, but you know, there wasn't a whole lot of expectation. Cole Cahoon has, you know, had his ups and downs, been fine. And Mitch Garver um, has been Mitch Garver. He's been injured a whole lot, and uh, he is probably going to have surgery to repair uh, whatever is going on in his elbow. I forget the actual designation the of the flexor injury, or something, I think. Um, right? Some kind of flexor thing, and he's basically going to be out until start of next year he only caught for the first like month and a half then he had this injury came back he's been DHing. his bat's still huge the rangers need that big bat in there but he hasn't quite been able to live up to the offensive slugging reputation that he had but it's looking like both these teams are going to be like about 20 wins better so it just kind of it kind of feels like a push at this point unless martin perez wins um a.l young which i think he should um but unless that happens, then I don't know. This feels like a real like a real tie. It's just like, what do you like? Do you like team that uh, was contending and kind of fell out of it, turning into juggernaut, or do you like team that was absolute doo doo crap, being fun, sparky, competitive, not terrible? Like, I don't know. The Rangers got a lot more, like in terms of just like years and at the top level. I mean, Scherzer is has been better than both Seeger and Simeon. But you've only got him for, what, four years or so? A three-year deal. Hurt? Okay, three-year three year deal. deal, yeah. yeah. He was, you know, Scherzer was great at the beginning of the season, kind of getting the Mets rolling. And I think that that was a big reason why they were able to, to, to jump out to the lead that they did in those first couple months there. And then he's been out, and the Mets have kind of just been treading water since then. Actually, they've been doing better than treading water. I should give them more credit than that. They've, they've still <laughs> been able to win a lot of series. But just, just the rotation more has been treading water, I should say. Um, they yeah. found kind of some other ways to win. I, I would say that, you know, the Mets are going to get the perception that they had the way better offseason because look where they're at. They've had for a good portion of the season the best record in the NL. But I, I think that the bottom line here is it's good to see teams be aggressive. Let, let, let's see teams have a plan and try to win. win. And obviously for the Mets now, 
you know, they have this owner where you feel like they're going to be competitively adding every single offseason. I don't know if the Rangers are going to be doing that, but they at least were able to put themselves in a position where, you know, you can still talk yourself into them making a wild card this year. You can still see them, you know, you know, you know, making a push towards the, towards the playoffs, maybe adding at the deadline. And I remember, I think the last time we even were on on a, a, a episode of anything together was a trade deadline episode last year, where I think you were compared to Eeyore. Um, <laughs> yeah, yep, that was fair. That was fair. Because of how sad you were. So it's good to see you a little more engaged in this team right now <laughs> and having some hope. I, I like to see that. Yeah, no, I mean, trading Joey Gallo, the guy who made me love prospects, the guy who I followed like since he was literally drafted with the Rangers, and um, a whole, you know, a boatload of arguments that I've had about people defending that he's actually good and him becoming good and then leaving was, uh, was very, very upsetting. But this team has been scrappy. They've been competitive. And I mean, they're in second place in the American league West. They're better than the, the Mariners right now. They're better than the angels. The angels have the two best players in baseball and two guys that are like constantly making history and Seattle nearly made the playoffs last year. It's like, this has been completely surprising. They've been around 500. They haven't been quite as good as they wanted to be, but this is still leaps and bounds better. I mean, I don't remember the last time that the Mets were like 100 loss bad, but watching that is absolutely brutal every single day. And I'm still a little tenuous on the thought of fast-tracking any rebuild because things can get dangerous real quickly. You can be back in another five-year hole of mediocrity, and then you have to suck again for five years, and you don't even have that like those good moments. But the Rangers are doing it smartly. They're not leveraging their future to get these guys. Um, and I like that both of our teams figured out the biggest market inefficiency in baseball. Pay good players what they're worth. It's amazing how like, you, you can just get those guys. It's wild. Crazy, crazy. And, and like you said, you're talking about a timeline for the Rangers. You're getting two guys, you know, in, in Simeon and Seager that uh, I don't know how the, the end of those contracts look, but they give you That'd a, you know, they give you a five-year window, though, mm-hmm. um, in a new ballpark. And mm-hmm. that could turn into to a whole lot else if they, if they can, you know, manage things right and, you know, do all the stuff you, you want, of course, with the farm system and things like that. But uh, definitely good signings, I think. And obviously, you know, positive off seasons for both these teams. Yeah, I mean the the first year open, I mean, the 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 timing for that new stadium was absolutely horrible for the Rangers. It was supposed to be twenty twenty. This is our new year. They had all this fanfare and yada yada. They just traded for Corey Kluber, and obviously that didn't freaking work out. And they had a pandemic and yada yada yada. Um, but this was they, they got big, the World Series there. They did. They did. Corey <laughs> Seager won a about. world. Corey Seager won a World Series. I mean, Clayton Kershaw got to come home and win a World Series. So that was like the best. That was the best moment that happened in this Rangers ballpark, which uh, is is not super great. But it's the 50th anniversary of the Rangers moving to Texas, so they've been able to build that up and have these two new stars. It's a good time to be a Rangers fan, and I do think they'll keep spending this offseason because they know they're not quite there yet, and they need to make the most of these first years of those big contracts before they age out and end up looking bad like all long contracts do but this is a fun series fun to see the rangers be scrapping competitive against one of the best teams in baseball um ryan where can the fine folks listening to locked on rangers find you in all of your work so you can find locked on mess wherever you find locked on rangers you can find me on twitter at finkelstein ryan find the show account at locked on mets you can also find some of the writing work i do over at just 
Nice. And uh, Mets fans, you can follow me at Bryce Patrick on Twitter. You can follow the show at Locked on Rangers. Yes, that is the baseball one. We got it first, um, even though those <laughs> nice folks at the Hockey Rangers are uh, also doing good work there. You can find Locked on Rangers wherever you listen to podcasts, uh, including on YouTube. We're making the push for the sub- thousand subscriber mark. I think we're about 50 away, hoping to hit Let's that go, by Mets the all break. Um, any Mets fans that want to check on this lowly Rangers team and feel superior about yourselves, um, come on. We welcome fans of all teams. Thank you all so much for listening. Ryan, thank you for joining me. And until next time, don't forget to enjoy baseball.